Hey, Guinan. Can I get you something? No, I'm good, thanks. I'm waiting for Steve. I've got a show to do. Ah, oh, there he is now. Hello, and welcome to Star Trek Discovery Mission Report. I'm Josh. I'm Steve. So, Steve, you're joining us via hologram, correct? That's correct. I'm, uh, we're utilizing our superior technology for this, uh, this episode, I think. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, Pike doesn't like that, the hologram tech. So we've gotten that in like two episodes now of him. Uh, <laughs> That's right. Basically blaming it on why the Enterprise went down. Is that right? I don't know if you recall yes. that. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I, I did. I, I think they've overdone it with the uh, hologram references. I did enjoy him in um, number one, which we'll we'll get into, of course. So everyone listening, uh, apologies, we've uh, not done an episode for a while. There's been uh, four episodes since we've uh, last talked, and but this will be a good uh, makeup episode. We have a lot to cover. Of course, as usual, it's always fun to talk about Trek and. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, in, in Iowa, between the weather and colds and sickness, it's been a tough few weeks. That's the reason for the delay, basically. It's just all that. It's just, oh, we're just ready to uh, be warm again. <laughs> yeah, no Got kidding. Quite the winter. What warm feels like. It's like uh, City Alpha 5. <laughs> 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 you know, I know we've talked about canon before. I've learned some more things, what's going on with the uh, the reasoning, basically, why the canon is not matching up although i do think so far season two they're doing a pretty good job i mean obviously it still looks futuristic if you will how are you digging season two so far just overall before we get into the episodes yeah i think um to summarize it i think it's uh, a lot of fun obviously it's they have done a lot of course correction on the grimness factor that said, I think, like you said, there, there's some heavy-handed um, references to things that they are trying to correct, um, and, and you know they're, they're kind of driving that home pretty good. But overall, I really, I really do enjoy the season. I would say I am really enjoying it a lot better this year than I did the first year. That could be a lot less Klingon action, probably maybe driving some of that, but <laughs> nonetheless, it's. Uh, you know, it's been a lot of fun to watch, actually. I, I love Pike's character. He's just great. Oh, I know, and I think uh, I think we we would both agree. Uh, there's been talks. I don't know. Uh, it's probably just talk, but they should totally do a miniseries on Pike's Enterprise. After, Absolutely. Just, you know, maybe, I don't know. You could do three one-hour episodes, just something, a little bit more, because obviously it? he can't stay on Discovery, because he has to eventually go on to the cage and all that. Right. But I, I, I'm enjoying him very much. and um, Anson Mount, right? Yeah, he's doing a great job. We need to thank uh, Marvel's Inhumans for being so terrible that he was available for this job. <laughs> right, exactly. Because, <laughs> man, a year ago, it, yeah, his career wasn't too great, so I'm really happy. He seems like a great guy, and, you know, actually one of the episodes... We're going to be talking about obviously uh, after watching it, which sucked because I watched it late, and it really uh, amped me up, and it was hard to get to sleep afterwards. I was just so excited for what I just saw, so I, I tweeted I tweeted at him, and he liked it, and I was like, "Oh my god, this just makes my day. This is great." So that was, yeah, that's really cool. It was, it was, it was just it was hard to calm down after that, you know. Just uh, I've I've had that happen with a few of these episodes where just blown away how great it was and of course we'll get into it but yeah i had a few of those moments last season and i didn't hate last season but i really like season two so far before we get into the episodes let's of course let's go over some canon news and just news in general i don't know if you've listened to midnight's edge they have a youtube channel mm, i have not it's really fascinating they really dissect things and do the research now you know i don't think it can be guaranteed to be 100% correct, but a lot of it makes sense for why the canon's changed the way it has, right. especially with the J.J. Abrams films. So basically, mm -hmm. back when Abrams and Bad Robot came on and made a deal with Paramount, that deal, in order for them to get money from merchandise, let's say, because there was already 
ownership over the look of certain things. So yeah. basically, sadly, it's all been about money, <laughs> making it their own, if you will. The agreement dictated they had to change things a certain percentage, which makes sense if you think about it, because the enterprise was different. Uh, you know, a lot of things were different. And of course, that toy line did not do well for the 09 Star Trek. So that right. kind of killed that momentum there. Although I did purchase the Enterprise from that 09, and it's still one of my prized uh, possessions. It makes noise and all that. And I didn't buy I didn't buy any of the figures though. So, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, they overall they basically said you know people are always going to want Shatner. Nimoy, that's their Spock and Kirk, and if you right. give them merchandise, it's like variations of them. The people aren't just they just they just didn't like it. Right. That was fascinating to learn, and of course, J.J. Abrams went on to do Star Wars, and you can totally tell that you know he again wanted to profit off the toy market. Uh, C-3PO's red arm, which made no sense, mm-hmm. and it had a terrible line where he's like bet you want to know why I have a red arm and that was it and it was just stupid yeah. I didn't like that not really yeah and then you had uh, <laughs> black tie fighters right yeah just other variations so I mean sadly that's that's what's going on with all these a lot of these changes are happening you know because if think about it Rick Berman took over from Roddenberry and all those episodes yeah. all those series is you know were under one ownership if you will and uh, everyone could profit off of it and stuff. And of course, when new people come along, they want to get in on the action and they can't just market what exists. So that leads us into Discovery. Alex Kurtzman and Les Moonves, who's no longer there, they made a similar deal, which is why Discovery is very different. And it's all about right. marketing, putting their own spin on it. So. I guess that's the business legality reason why, you know, it's not exactly canon looking. It's basically like a new canon, which sucks, you know, to be honest. But, right. um, I mean, I don't hate it. I, I guess just the way, to, you know, way to accept it like we've talked before. It's just like a skin over the old aesthetic and it could maybe someday come back. I don't know. You know, yeah. if people get tired of making money and actually want to, you know, pay true fan service then maybe we'll get those old looks back I, you know until then I don't know what we're gonna you know see uh, come our way but of course we got the Picard series that'll be maybe vastly different that might be more forgiving because it's actually in the future so right what are your thoughts on all that uh, does it kind of bum you out or do you understand why things I mean kinda, I understand yeah. it I don't necessarily like it but I mean yeah, I agreed everything's just turned into a financial machine and Mm -hmm. you know part of the i think there's a wider problem than than when i say wider i mean wid not a white problem (laughs) there's a larger problem involved i think that with the finances that impact catering to the audience of of children who buy toys and you know you're gonna have guys like us who'll get collectibles and things like that here and there but by and large that that's a much smaller market than your mass toy appeal Mm -hmm. and so then when you look at things like you know the distribution the advertising and the the pr that was put behind star trek it was extremely minimal so for them to want merchandising sales you know they just expect to throw it out there and from name recognition only that's that's going to make it happen well Mm -hmm. you know we're in a we're in a world that was uh, the 2009 Trek was pretty far removed from other Trek franchises, and and so you know you almost have to go out there and reestablish that name, right? And you know with poor PR and you know the the lack of promotion behind those films and the lack of studio support, you know there's not going to be any merchandise success in any way, shape, or form. So I think it was a larger failure. Mm-hmm. I think that's part of it, but I think I think it was a larger failure in in general. I agree, and uh, of course, Star Trek Four looks to be canceled now. It was canceled twice so far. Uh, you know, yeah. of course, they announced it right before Beyond came out, and efforts to really get people to go out and see Beyond, which I think was a great film, and I, I believe you did too, correct? Yeah, absolutely. I love that film. You know, it was a love letter to the fans. I, I really believe that. 
they said that they were going to bring back Chris Hemsworth, and he played Kirk's father for, was it like 10, 15 minutes at the beginning right. of 09? <laughs> Before he was huge, of course, so he's a big name now. So, you know, they... Yeah. He was going to come back on, and uh, the rest of the cast as well. And then they had they had initial contracts for the fourth film, and included sign-on bonuses. And then when Beyond flopped, four was off the table, of course. And then when four got resurrected again, the budget was lower, and there was no sign-on bonus. So both of those Chris's walked away, of course. Chris Hemsworth and Pine, and probably Zachary Quinto. Paramount tried to move forward anyway with um, a lower budget they assigned a female director would have been Star Trek's first female director with a motion picture it was right. uh, S.J. Clarkson and she ended up leaving to go pursue a Game of Thrones prequel series that officially shelved Star Trek 4 you know? I, I, I hate to be bittersweet on that one <laughs> yeah right right yeah, I don't know I mean they had three pretty good films I, Into Darkness bothers me a lot um you know, I liked some of it, of course, but I just didn't like the whole how they handled Khan. That was just kind of silly to me. And what did you think of Into Darkness? Were you a fan of that one? I thought it was the weakest of the three. Yeah, I agree. But I also did not enjoy it. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I I'm I don't know if I'm just super easy to please, or <laughs> I just want to like things more because <laughs> of all the people that automatically want to hate everything. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I just saw it the other night and actually thought, you know, this wasn't as bad as people give it credit for, you know, or right. lack of credit. Yeah, it's not Star Trek Five. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> the the Khan thing bothered me, but there's a great, I think there's a great prequel comic. It explains why Khan looks different. They basically just altered his look so no one could point out, like, hey, that's the dude from 96, you know? Yeah. But, yeah, I agree. That's probably the weaker of the three. Who knows? Maybe uh, you know some of the cast are still optimistic. Maybe we'll get a four after all. But the the good news is, Steve, is Quentin Tarantino's Trek is still go. Oh, that's just awesome! <laughs> I'm so excited for that. <laughs> well, of course, that's dead before it happens. <laughs> oh. Of course, it's rumored to be rated R, given it's Tarantino, right? Right. But you know what I've thought lately? Like, if it's tasteful with the language, kind of like. Um, Titans was Doom Patrol. I don't know if you've seen the new Doom Patrol yet on um, I the have, yeah. DC Universe. Uh, yeah. You know, in Star Trek Disco, they've kind of played around with um, the F word and stuff. I don't yeah, know. It doesn't bother me. It's it's just excessive violence and stylization. I think is the yeah is the concern I have. I'm not gonna say it's gonna be horrible before something comes out because I, I don't like it when that happens. But right. I, I think that's just a legitimate concern. Yeah. You know, and when I see someone holding a, you know, phaser sideways, I'm just going <laughs> to probably walk out. Oh, that'd be a great t shirt, though. Come on. Oh, my God. I just saw this. It would be so perfect if he did a con, uh, the rise of con or something. That'd be totally up his alley. And if you think about it, you know how I'm sure con was extremely violent trying to take over the world and, or a Klingon movie. It's obviously not going to be just Klingon-centric, <laughs> but right. just trying to think of like what he could do that would, or like with the Borg or something. I don't know. I just hope he kind of tries to, if this happens, he tries to just not exactly put all of his touches on it, you know? It just, it just would seem well, out of place. If he honor the source material to a degree, then, you know... Yes. There's no question. He's a great director. It's just sure. he has a style. Yeah, and I, I I enjoy it. But yeah, with Star Trek, it's just like uh, I don't know if that's gonna work. But I, I I know one thing. I would love to see Sam Jackson as a captain. That would be badass. Literally, I think. I think it would too. I you know it's just it is. It's just weird handing him the keys to Star Trek. It's yeah. like saying. Hey, George Lucas, will you direct the Freddy Krueger films in the future for us, please? <laughs> you know, it's just something, it's just weird. Meet meet Freddy's friend, Fluffy. He's going to be a sidekick. <laughs> this is Fluffy Krueger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my God, that'd be terrible. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I know. it. You know, I, I'm so happy we're getting all this new Trek. Uh, it just frustrates me that, uh, you know, I think a lot of fans could just see the right path it should be on and how we should handle it and 
Yeah, the formula is not difficult. It's no. not. You don't have to put some weird, crazy ass, unique stamp on it for mm. it to work. Yeah, it's like they they want to change it. You know, uh, mm-hmm. they've been accused of changing it to be like Star Wars before because Abrams and company. That's pretty much what they liked over, you know, Trek. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and I kind of enjoyed uh, the action of his Trek films, but you know, in hindsight, yeah, I guess they should have been more thoughtful. But it's just so hard to to get a a movie to make so much money if it's just about you know the dialogue and not action. Sadly, I don't know. It's uh, right, which is why television's probably you know, especially the quality of television has improved. Discovery, you know, it's it's pretty much movie quality. Oh TV's no longer the stepping stone to movies it's it's you know it's turned into a legitimate yeah delivery vehicle if you look at uh the latest oscars roma i believe that's the film was put out by netflix got some oscars you know that's yeah that's that's game changing right there so yeah that's probably what the future is going to be just that marriage you know that perfect marriage there yeah, that's the first Oscars I've watched in years. Yeah, it actually was pretty damn good, I thought. <laughs> yeah. They'd probably never have a host again. So. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but um, looks like the bad robot deal will end with Paramount in 2020. It expects right some changes. Yeah, yeah, which which is probably what when Tarantino's coming in. <laughs> Hopefully he's not going to be the Kevin Feige of Trek. It's going to take right, a really dark no, turn. <laughs> But we'll see. You know, he keeps saying he wants to make certain number of films. So I don't even know if he'll end up directing this film if he would want to count that as one of his films, you know. Right. He might just end up producing it. I'd feel better about him just producing it. A lot of language wouldn't be there. So, yeah, I could well, totally see that. Well, it's not that. Yeah, well, that's part of it, I guess. But, I mean, the other side of it is there's additional creative vision that, you know, might not dilute, dilute it in some way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I don't know. I just can't see him directing. I just can't just because that would go against his rule. And I don't think he, he'd want to do something more original maybe, but yeah, I could totally, yeah, I could totally see this, this be like the second reign of his career. Maybe he's a a big producer and writer. So I'm all for that. I think that'd be great. Definitely. Before we get into discovery, one last news piece here, we're getting a kid focused cartoon, Star Trek on Nickelodeon that's being developed right now. Yeah, this is the first I've heard of that. It's not the other one, the Lower Decks, so they'll actually have two animated uh, shows, but this one on Nickelodeon will be kid-friendly, so it might really be like what it was uh, the 70s cartoon of Star Trek, because I think that was kid-friendly too, wasn't it? And insanely underrated. Yeah, they got most of the voices back. Yeah, man, they should get that on Blu-ray if they haven't already. That would be... That'd be awesome. I, you know, I've been watching the TNG comparisons of the Blu-ray transfers, you know? Yeah. And they're just breathtaking. And then you find out that the DS9 and Voyager and Enterprise, they haven't gotten that treatment yet. And that, that just, like, surprises me. Yeah, when they do, I might start buying the series. Yeah, because you can get you can get the, all the TNG series right now for a reasonable price. And it's just, like, in a nice little box. And, right. Yeah, it's beautiful. So will the uh, will the animated series be focusing on a particular ship, crew, or timeline? Uh, that's a great question. I think it's 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 still too early to um, call. You know, they're still it's just the beginnings. But they gotcha. They did announce it. So, I mean, there's your toy line right there. Honestly, that would be pretty damn cool. Yeah, I right. Think. Yeah, I, I really would like them to have more um, toy presence than they they've had in a long time. You know, growing up with the. Uh, TNG figures, and then they went back and did the original series, Playmates, you know. Right. That was a great time, and I love collecting those, and what's nice is you can still go to, like, you know, around here, you can go to Jay's and find them easily, and just relive the past, and I hope they get to that point again, you know. It's just, after 09, it's been kind of dead, you know. They haven't really had yeah. too much. <laughs> I know, sadly. Now we're going to get into Discovery, of course. We got four episodes to cover. First off, major announcement. They've been renewed for a season three. I just um, came through yesterday or today, I believe. So that's fantastic. Yeah, there was um, worries that they weren't going to get another season. Of course, you still had Picard coming. So it would have sucked, but it wouldn't have been like the end feeling, you know, because there's more, so much more coming. 
Right, exactly. They're going to have an additional showrunner to assist Alex Kurtzman, and she's writer Michelle of Paradise. She came in season two in the middle, and uh, she has a vast knowledge of Star Trek, and she's created the show X's and O's, and she's written for Heart of Dixie, and I think she produced the originals. I'm not too familiar with all those shows. My wife loves Heart of Dixie, so hopefully it won't be a rom-com of uh, <laughs> season three. I don't know. Yeah, no, I'm kidding. Yeah, that's very exciting. That, that'll assist Kurtzman, and so, you know, I think um, it'll probably just get better and better. You know, Kurtzman actually... He didn't come on board until I think episode six of the season fully as a showrunner. So they still had the old showrunners in the first few episodes. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see the shift in um, direction there. Uh, Overall, you know, this season's been pretty damn good. And we've had the Red Angel, which is the big arc that we're uh, building towards. And my only fear is it's not going to be satisfying what the uh, end result is the reveal of this uh, whoever it is it clearly judging by the recent episode is a humanoid in some kind of suit what are you thinking the red angel could be just guessing is there anything i don't, your... I don't know that's that's a great question i i was starting to think about that the other day and i'm like are they trying to build this up so this is someone that we may know? They're talking about time travel. Mm-hmm. Um, and so with that, that creates a zillion possibilities, obviously. But, you know, I don't, it's, it's hard for me to differentiate what those could be. So I don't yeah. know. I'm, I'm, I'm hesitant to, to poke a guess at it in case it's just <laughs> not, you know, not anybody we know. Uh, it could be, you know, there's been a lot of guesses. It's the older Spock. I, I don't see that being because you'd have to cast an older Spock. And uh, yeah. there's also been time travelers before. TNG and uh, I think Enterprise dabbled with some kind of society. I remember they took Archer into the future and showed him like the Enterprise F or whatever it was. And so I don't know if it's yeah. that or did you watch any of the short treks? I know we haven't discussed those yet. I have not. Okay. There is one theory out there that relates to a short trek that I'll wait till you see it, but I think it would be pretty damn cool if that's if that's what that theory or if that theory proves to be right. Um, but I won't give it away at this point, but yeah, uh, I just I just hope that you know the buildup's going to be so big. That's that's always my fear with Lost and things like that. They introduce those big ideas and then the end's just not, you know, it's just terrible. It's just all right, and They're, people, you know, is this going to be a situation like uh, Ray's parents and everybody's freaking out? Right, right. Which we hope Nine might course correct that a little bit. So. Right. Yeah, it's like, hey, you like all that stuff we introduced in the last movie? Yeah, it's, it didn't happen. It, it's yeah. <laughs> it's like what? Yeah, let's um, let's get into these four episodes, and of course, uh, by the time this comes out, we will be behind again, but we'll we'll catch back up. Just like we're doing Much now. Sooner, we'll do it. Lots, uh, yeah, yeah, we'll do it again. Lots sooner, yes. This uh, snow will melt and uh, colds will go away. So, um, right. let's get into the first episode to cover Point of Light. This focuses on Tyler and Lorel. They're back on Kronos, and she's leading. Yes. Yeah, I thought. Um if they don't dive too much further into the Klingon stuff for the rest of the season, even I thought that was a nice end cap to what we saw in season one. Yes, and it's cool to see Tyler back, um, and in a way, you know, we've seen his presence in later episodes. But I, I thought it was an interesting, interesting uh, addition with you know the whole child thing and and and, and the way they kind of played that in the introduction of uh, this was the section thirty one introduction, was it not? Yep, it was actually. Yeah, so I mean, it was. Uh, I thought there were some cool things that happened in the episode, and you know, anytime Giorgio's on screen, you know, she just steals the mm-hmm. scenery. Yeah, it's really fascinating what they do with that character, and of course, Michelle Yeoh to get the opportunity to play two versions of the same character. That's really, <laughs> it's really cool. Just awesome. It is. It is, and it's. It was weird that Laurel. I mean, we knew Tyler went with Laurel at the end of season one, but she actually had him be torchbearer still and of course all the Klingons were not digging that which I totally get it because he's freaking human looking at least Um, of course the baby reveal Vok and Laurel had a child 
and it's albino, just like Vok was. And I yeah. haven't looked too much into it, but apparently there is a albino Klingon featured on DS9, and a lot of people are thinking that might be the, the same. It might be a connection, basically. Huh? That would be interesting. I, you know, I, I wish I would have done more re- research on that, but yeah. Um, Nothing. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Could just be something we're reading into too much, but uh, I think that's kind of a cool connection. Who knows? Emperor Jojo, she's now uh, Section Thirty One agent, and that's a that's a deleted scene from Season One, which you can find online. But it's basically just her getting recruited. So she, you know, she saves Laurel and Tyler. That was pretty badass. Uh, she had that right Klingon cloak thing. You know, it was like a holographic projection. So she was blending mm-hmm. in the whole time in that episode. I I have to go back and watch it again because I'm pretty sure you can see her at least that Klingon version of her around. Um, right. So she was there the whole time. That's pretty cool. We get introduced to Section 31. It has the uh, nacelles like Voyager. Did you notice that? Yes, I did. That was sweet. Yeah, what would you think of the ship overall? I thought it was awesome. I, I don't know. I just really enjoyed all the design on Discovery. Mm-hmm. Um, and I liked them both seasons, last year and this year. I just... I really like the new updates, and it's just been, I don't know, it's been pretty sweet. Yeah, I'm happy they brought the D7, or they're bringing the D7, uh, mm-hmm. the authentic, you know, design we, we all know, and they, you know, they introduced it in a way to say it's a ship that will unite the Empire, basically. So it's like a symbol right. of unification, if you will. And, of course, Klingons have hair now. Did you... Did you like that kind of uh, uh, reasoning why they have hair now? Again, this is one of those things where I felt like, yeah, I don't know that they needed to do yeah. that for explaining it. I, I, yeah, I get it. It's like, dude, we get it. They, they can grow hair. That's fine. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't mind more Klingons coming on. I just, I don't like the look still. I, I know that the, the uh, main dude with the long hair and the beard who challenged them, who was the father of Cole, that's the Klingon that took over Vox's ship in the season one. He had that war paint on, you know, that tracking that's device right, war yeah. paint. He looked pretty cool, but I, man, a lot of those Klingons, those heads are just freaking distracting. It's like an alien. I'm talking Ridley Scott alien looking. <laughs> right. It's like, it's like Klingons with elephantitis. You know what I mean? That's what I get from that, <laughs> right. you know? Yeah, it's like they, they're getting closer, but it's like I would be totally fine if they just wean it back, you know, continually until we get what we like, you know, what worked. It, it didn't really need to be changed. That just seems so ridiculous, you know. You might as well just make a whole new species, not Klingons, just make something else. Agreed. So hopefully, I and I, I don't need an explanation because, you know, Klingons have changed their looks before. All species really have, and... We don't need a big explanation. It's just, hey, they tried something that didn't work, you know. Or, or maybe these Klingons did have elephantitis. If I get to write one of the scripts, um, that's what I'm gonna do. Exactly. But yeah, uh, what do you, what are your thoughts on Section Thirty One? You know, this is a big problem with a lot of Trek fans. You know, they're like, oh, this is a secret organization. These guys have they have their own ships, weapons, and badges. You know, it's like how are they a secret. You know, uh, what are your thoughts on all that? Does that bother you? They were introduced a hundred years later in DS9, if you think about it. So, you know, a lot can yeah. change. But what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I just, I like it to a degree. Part of me, and I, I hate criticizing Star Trek because I love it so much. But sure. I just feel like it's kind of a forced uh, adversarial relationship, you know, and... And yeah, we get it. You have to do things secretly and covert, and you know you're badass and you're you're special ops type stuff. But I don't know. We don't need that thrown down our throat the whole way either. Right. Of course, we're getting a we're getting a spinoff series on them. So, I, you know, I'm fascinated by it. I, I get it. I get the criticism. You know, it should be a secret, and it damages Starfleet's reputation in a way because they're known as a peacekeeping. But you know, again, DS9 they introduced this concept and. 
I don't really blame him for trying to expand on it, and I think a lot can happen in in a hundred years. You know, I, if they use it sparingly, I, I think you know that'll be fine. And I would absolutely watch a spinoff because if it's focused on that, then you know that's a different style of, of play. You know, yeah, but I, right, uh, right. Um, as long as they don't get too heavy with it, you know, to interfere with what's happening mm-hmm. this season, then then that's fine. We'll see what that brings. Overall, I, you know, I thought the episode was pretty good. Uh, my biggest complaints about it was the damn camera angles. Uh, we've got a few of these few directors this season that just love to move that damn camera, and it gets just, just too too distracting to me. You know, it's like we yeah. don't need all this. This is crazy. One of the episodes we're going to cover uh, in a little bit here really fe- it's actually the last episode that came on last Thursday with Saru's planet which we'll get into. I don't want to spoil that, but um, yeah, just the damn camera work. It's like, just stop the camera. Just keep it right there. <laughs> you know? Exactly. I don't know. There's just too many angles. I was just like, okay, I get it. This guy just got out of film school and he just really wants to show off. You know? <laughs> but yeah, that's just my, this is my bugaboos about this, you know, just nitpicks. Amanda comes on discovery and we learn Spock escaped his psych ward and apparently killed some people. So that was a big that was a big reveal. A lot right. of people got pissed off about that, of course. <laughs> it's like just wait. They're not they're not done telling the story yet. Just calm down. Panic when Yeah, exactly. When they're done with it, you know. If it turns out Spock's a serial killer, I totally get to be pissed about that. But something tells me he didn't really do it. Something. I don't know. Right. Figured no, it. Nobody wants a twist anymore. You know? Yeah. I know. It's like they're gonna be handed the entire plate. Yeah. Yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> the other problem I had was it, it, there's a lot jammed in there, you know. Mm-hmm. But I, I get it though. They they have to catch up, right? They have to to bring back Tyler. You have to you have to see this whole how this came came to be. And he joined Section Thirty One basically. And the baby went to the monastery. I think that's right, isn't it? it they dropped it off at yeah. a planet where it's gonna learn yep. kung fu and be a badass and stuff. Um, yeah, it's going to stop criminals in <laughs> Gotham City, right? <laughs> Ra's al Ghul. <laughs> he dropped him off there. Right, yeah. Whoops. Overall, yeah, pretty decent episode. Uh, not not the best, in my opinion, but um, I definitely enjoyed uh, some other ones we've had. The The next episode, they come across the spear, of course. Uh, we get the return of Jet Reno, who's played by Tignataro, funny comedian. And uh, Saru, he's featured in this. He's... Um, the, the spear basically is a, a large dying mass that takes them out of warp discovery. They're trying to track Spock's shuttle, I believe. Did something very unique that hasn't been done before, and I thought it was really creative. It screwed up the universal translator. Yeah. So everyone was starting to speak different languages. <laughs> so it kind of... Yeah, that, I thought that was really cool. That was, yeah. I was like, whoa, what is going on? And uh, yeah, that was that was something I don't think they've ever really... They've always talked about the universal translator, but they never really showed it go to hell, basically, you know. But yeah, I thought that was awesome because, you know, they talked about it so much and it you just always took it for granted because that was just their, everyone's way of understanding everybody. But then, yeah, we never saw it go haywire. That was awesome. That was funny. Yeah, it was good. And poor Saru, you know, he's going through hell and then we find out he's, he's dying. This uh, spear, I guess, ignited this uh, Kelpian sickness, which basically from you know what he was told on his planet you know it's it's a death sentence basically and then you're the harai yeah yes yes and so that at first was like oh my god uh, i think he's gonna die you know i was like oh shit doug jones is leaving the show <laughs> i know right yeah and then those uh um things fall out his uh i don't recall what they're called <laughs> But yeah, they, the needles though in the back of his head. Yeah, the Brussels sprouts. They they come out. Right. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that happens, and of course, you know, we're all relieved and thankful. And him and Michael are really close this season. I kind of feel some of that's forced, but I'm okay. I'll forgive it. You know, it's because they were right. so at each other's throats. It seemed in last season, not in the beginning, they were, and definitely on right. the Shinzo, they were definitely not clicking too good so that was a big that's a big course correction there but of course um you know the start of the episode we got number one which that was fantastic uh rebecca romaine yeah. you know she reprised 
that character from the cage, which is a you know classic pilot of Star Trek that was the first pilot that didn't air until much later on, it has a massive history attached to it. And of course, um, Majel Barrett, I think that's how you say her name. She's the wife of Gene yeah. Roddenberry. She originated that that role. And, uh, you know, I don't think we got enough of Rebecca Romaine to really prefer more, but I think she did a pretty good job. What were your thoughts? I think that if you cast her in that role, we're not done seeing it. Yes, I agree. Um, but I think I thought it was a great touch. And it took me a little bit to even realize, to recognize who she was. Yeah. Because I was like, damn, that, wait, that's uh, a... Yeah, it's Mystique. Yeah. <laughs> It's Mystique, right? Shapeshifter, <laughs> shoot it. It's Mystique, right. <laughs> Crossover. But, uh, yeah, it was really, uh, I, thought she, I thought it was a really cool inclusion. Yeah, and that, that's been teased for so long, too, so I was so excited, and I I hope we get more. I'm sure we will. I, I still want to see the damn Enterprise, but I know that's probably going to be a season, you know, finale. Um, right. But, yeah, man, they, they got to do a miniseries or something. I'm sure something's in the works. I mean... Uh, I think that's what they're kind of. I think that's what they're kind of really building toward because, you know, Pike has been very well received, mm-hmm. and then you have a uh, big name casting as number one. Yeah, uh, I think they're trying to um, say, well, can we get a second full time show out of this gig? You know, I mean, yeah, and I, I would love to see it. Or even a film. They could even do. I mean, not yeah. like theatrical, like big screen, but for CBS All Access, do a damn film. That right. would be great just uh kind of fill in the gaps between his time and kirk's time and you know i don't know how to end it but i wouldn't i wouldn't invest a full like series into it but i would totally want like a mini series just given the uh the actors are kind of more well known and stuff and they probably want to do other projects you know i hope we see more i'm sure we will and i also want to remind everyone listening Fortunately, Steve wasn't on, but I guested on the Doctor Two podcast, and we actually went over the Cage episode. Would like everyone out there to check that out. It was really fun to do. Um, it's actually a two-parter because I wouldn't shut up. Basically, that's why you needed to be there. <laughs> but you got to be there next time because, uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. And we had some beer, and, and those guys are phenomenal. Yeah, oh, they're great. They're great, and uh, yeah, it was a, it was fun to do. It was fun not to actually have to you know, host, you know, I could just relax and just talk Star Trek. And of course we went into a lot of tangents like, you know, we do, but it was a lot of fun. So yeah, everyone out there, if you would like to listen to it, uh, go for it. You know, the Doctor Who podcast, check it out. Yeah, it's really good. We got to see Jet Reno again. That was great. I was, uh, you know, I, I know we, we talked um, outside of the show about we how we liked her and we thought maybe, you know, we didn't know if she's come back basically and i read on imdb there was no other episodes but yeah she came back and she uh helped stamets out with uh tilly's problem <laughs> yeah tilly's ghost what what do you think about all that the may thing which i we missed on that last episode but yeah basically may is a spore that took refuge in tilly and that was shown in the first season very quickly, right. Stamets was able to remove that from her, and it's just this big, goopy thing, you know, disgusting looking. <laughs> but exactly, basically, wanted to relate to Tilly and grab one of her memories and uh, help her. Like what you know, the next episode, of course, gets us into. Did you enjoy Jet Reno coming back and everything else the show offered? I enjoyed Jay, uh, Jet Reno coming back. I thought I, I hope that at some point we get to see her more. Yeah. Um, her delivery and her presence brings a lot of non-Star Trek-like poise to it, and mm-hmm. which makes it interesting and fun. You know, I, I love her delivery. Uh, she's just got a really good way to deliver lines, and yeah. um, it's not only believable, but it's it's entertaining as hell. And uh, that said, on the flip side wasn't really the biggest fan of the whole Lily, or I'm sorry, the whole um, Tilly's uh, ghost thing. I hope that girl's accent's, like, real. Otherwise, it's, like, very stereotypical, (laughs) I thought. Right. And if it's it's real, that's fine. It's just, it has has less to do with her and just more that it it just got a little annoying. (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah. I'm not trying to be a rude asshole, but it's no, just yeah, be honest. I, I, that's, that's that kind of a, yeah, it was kind of a swing and a miss for me. Um, you know, again, didn't hate it. I just didn't like it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think Jet Reno was pretty much the highlight of that show, just her interaction. Totally. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, she she's an engineer, and I think I could see her coming on Discovery, you know, full time. Uh, Stamets, I'm not really sure. If, I don't think he is an engineer. He's just a scientist, right? I think he's just a scientist, right? Yeah, because we haven't really got into the whole engineering. I, I, I know where they're at is technically engineering, but it doesn't feel like engineering. You know what I mean? It just feels like they haven't really gone into how that all works or, you know, built a set, yeah, let's say. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. Yeah, they're the whole spore drive. Uh, I don't know if they're trying to wean off of the spore drive. What are your thoughts? Do you like the whole spore drive, the mycelio network? Do you like all that, or do you just wish to get back to just what we know? I think it's okay in, in doses. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's cool as hell watching the ship jump. You know, I mean, I, I yeah. think that's a fun thing, and I like the I like the ability that it has to be able to you know travel insane distances, and that, that's I think it opens up a lot of cool storylines. I think the the network piece of it. You know, there's only so much weed someone can smoke before you really yeah. just need to back off a little bit and maybe shelve that story for a little while. But yeah, so I don't know. I mean, I I, I do like the jumps. I, I like that a lot. The but you know, we, we saw a little bit more with the network later on, and it was yeah, that's goofy. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just kind of a kind of like an abstract like way to travel, uh, and you know, you wonder. Well, we never hear this hear of this in the future, and the other explanation is well, it's a science vessel, and it does end the uh, designation, the number ID, ends in thirty one. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people have speculated this is actually a section thirty one ship. So that would make some huh. sense why it has advanced yeah. tech and all of that. I mean, that episode was all right. Yeah, it, yeah. Jet Reno was the highlight basically. Number one was the highlight. The whole spear thing was kind of cool. How. You know, it was basically, it was dying, and it just really desperately wanted to just share what it knows. And so I thought that was very Star Trek-ish, you know. Kind of reminded me of V'ger in a way, except it wasn't oh, yeah. It wasn't really threatening. It was just kind of, it appeared it was trying to put a virus into the system, but it really wasn't. It just wanted to communicate, and so they got yeah. vast knowledge before it basically uh, exploded, and it pushed Discovery back enough so it wouldn't. Uh, get damaged. The next episode is what I really, really enjoyed, which was the Saints of Imperfection. This is when, you know, they go to rescue Tilly because at the end of the last episode, she disappears into that cocoon-like thing. What May is is goop thing. It kind of just abs absorbs her, and they right. of course open it up, and she's not in there. So they f they figure out that it's like a. Uh, there's no sign of like any um, minerals in it that's human so they think Tilly's still alive and that it was really like a transport vessel that's what happened to her May took her to her world the network Stamets has the idea to do a partial jump which is a really cool effect kind of looks like Titanic a lot of people said you know how the ship goes to spin and then it just it's on its side and then half of it's in the network half of it's outside of the network and it looks like water in a way it was it was a really cool effect i thought in space and uh, right the uh, limitations they had on the ship they had to go to certain areas because they could not be on that side of the ship otherwise they'd be absorbed or something i forgot what would happen to them it wouldn't be good let's say we got more section 31 in this episode, of course, uh, Giorgio, you know, she was, they thought she was Spock in the beginning before they did all this jump stuff and she came aboard and I think Pike was testing her. You know, he was saying you were like this in the Academy. And I almost like I watched it two times in the second viewing. I was like, I think he's making shit up. And she's just like, yeah, I, yeah, I was, you know, and he's trying to he just he knows something he you know and that was revealed the first time watching it at the end where he came up to michael because michael was going to shoot her with a phaser still because <laughs> they didn't know it was coming right. come out of the shuttle and so he knew something was up and she 
I'm glad that she didn't keep it from him exactly. She just said, it's a long story. I'll tell you when we have time. Tyler comes on board to, um, uh, I think he relieves Giorgio so she can go on her mission. He's a liaison, basically. And he's rocking, right. he's rocking the com badge for Section 31. Giorgio doesn't like to wear hers. She just keeps it in the palm of her hand at all times. <laughs> like a, Yeah. It's kind of annoying, but, uh, you know, when Tyler had it on, I was first like, oh, really? But then I was like, oh, okay, whatever. So they get into rescuing Tilly, and they do the partial jump. They get in there. May basically brought Tilly in so they could find a monster. And so, you know, I was like, my interest was really peaked there. I was like, what the hell are they going to be, you know, fighting here? I didn't expect this. The reveal, of course, did, did you see that coming? I mean... That was that was quite something. That was. I didn't see that coming at all. And it, that actually kind of saved that storyline for me a little bit. Which was Colbert so, getting killed in season one. The doctor from the, yeah, first season. Right, which he didn't get much of a chance, you know. And I really dug him and I dug the actor. And they kept teasing he was going to come back somehow. So we were thinking like, oh, this is probably a spiritual thing. Flashbacks, whatever. But apparently when right. Stamets was... You know, when he got into that mindset last season where he was partially in the network, partially out, he comforted Culver when, you know, at, he was dead clearly. But when he held him, like, a uh, tear, Stamets' tear went into Culver, and then I guess Culver kind of transferred that to the network, not really knowing. Yeah. And then that basically formed a new version of Culver, <laughs> who was viewed as a monster because... These spores were trying to attack it. They didn't recognize what it was. And, yeah, that was... I really thought that was some good sci-fi. And you know what? I agree completely. And that's where I felt like, you know, they have a plan with this show. It's not... People just aren't, you know, rewriting things at the last minute. And it's a fly-by-the-seat-of-your-pants deal. Mm -hmm. I like the... um, kind of the foreshadowing and and then the stuff that's happening that you might not even catch the first time. I mean, I think that's really sweet. Yeah, I I agree. I agree. I I know they've had some shakeups behind the scenes. They probably borrowed some ideas from who came before. But yeah, it it does seem to flow a lot easier this season. And I really like how they brought Colbert back. I, I didn't see that coming. I was like, this has to be good. So basically, you know, that threat is resolved. You think everything's going great, basically. Uh, you know, first, Colbert doesn't... He's frightened of everything. He's basically been living in a network for months, I think. Mm-hmm. His hair is long. He's got a long beard. He's And he's he's uh, wounded because the, the spores keep burning him, you know. He's fighting right. them off. So Stamets is like, oh, we can bring you home, you know. And he's like, come into the chamber. And then there's that scene where... He's like, just take my hand, and he puts his hand through, and it it dissolves. And man, I was just like, my jaw dropped. I was just like, oh my god, no! It's like we came came so close, and it felt like, okay, well, this was a nice tease. <laughs> and you know, I guess I thought at that time, like, well, Stams will figure out a way to get him back. But then, you know, Burnham, I think Tilly actually said, like, no, 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 there's got to be another another way. Colbert's like basically telling Stamets, you got to leave me, you know, just go. And, you know, time's running out because the the ship's getting more and more engulfed in the network and, and, you know, endangering everybody on board. Of course, they get that great scene where Tyler taps his comm badge TNG style and summons the uh, Section 31 ship. Right. Did you think TNG when that happened, when he tapped his comm badge? I did. I mean, it was, it was the first thing that I thought of, which was, you know, it was a cool nod. But. I thought it was cool. Yeah, yeah. And I, I know people were like, again, like, oh my God, TNG was future. Why, why they got this already? But my, my old thought is, and I think they've already teased this. I think Section Thirty One's dabbled in time travel or have obtained advanced technology that Starfleet does not have as a, uh, you know, a default right now. And so that tech right. is coming to the future. It's just Section 31 has it. So that's how I view it. That's how I'm okay with it. Uh, I don't want them to get too car- carried away with it. I did like how he was like, oh, shit, we're going to get killed here. And he, so he summoned Section 31. That scene was really uh, 
exciting, I thought, you know, because uh, Leland, who's the head of Section 31, I believe, uh, he's on the ship. Yeah. Him and Pike are old buddies, and or they went to uh, Starfleet together. He launches these tractor beam probe things. I don't know. He launches them, and they they grab onto the, the Discovery, and then they then the tractor beam comes out of each of them. That was pretty badass, I thought. And they were basically just pulling it out of the the network. What, what were your thoughts on that whole scene? I thought it was just really cool. It was again, like you say, it's like a cinematic quality. Yeah. Uh, to the effects and stuff, I I love that. I thought it was a cool way to tether, try yeah. to tether the ship, and uh, you know, it, it's something that we hadn't seen before. Yeah, and it also had a uh, it had a cloak of an asteroid or something over it. You know, when Tyler called it, and then it came out of that cloak, and then the, there was the ship. You know, and I thought that was that was pretty cool. It was basically there the whole time. You know, just yeah, keeping which keeping Pike an eye. Did not enjoy, but yeah, right, right. Yeah, Pike had a lot to say about all of that stuff. But he did. Yeah, I just Rightfully like. So. Yeah, I just like when Leland came on screen. He's like firing in three, two, one. And it was just like, oh my god, this is so cool. You know, it's just yeah, kind of just had everything in it. And I this was the this was the episode that just blew me away. And this is the one I tweeted instant amount about. You know, I was just really excited for the the whole reveal. And of course, you know, they talked May into taking Colber because he had human DNA putting him into the the cocoon thing that brought Tilly there and basically reconfiguring him in his own world or the you know the world outside the network let's say so that yeah, was cool instituting him almost yeah I will see you again Stamets said that to Colber when they left and you know May of course there's a nice scene with May and Tilly how they're like we really are best friends and May's like, I don't want to be alone. I think, I think that's what she was saying. Or she, she enjoyed living through Tilly basically. And so yeah. Tilly said, we'll see each other again. And then they had that nice pinky square moment, which was established at the beginning of the episode. I thought that was a cool callback, you know, um, just yeah. felt like a real good episode beginning to end. Just, just everything was right there and it really got me excited, you know, and to me, that's what Star Trek's all about. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, I thought the sci-fi was great. And, of course, Giorgio got to show her new side, if you will. She Leland wanted to abandon or just pull Discovery out when they didn't want to be yet because they wanted to get Stamets and uh, Tilly and Burnham back. And so yeah. uh, basically uh, Giorgio blackmailed <laughs> Leland. Apparently he killed somebody he wasn't supposed to, I guess. And... Uh, yeah, he's like, all right, give him some more time. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I, I actually do like Leland. I think he'd be a great he'd be a great lead for that spinoff series. Although I'm sure Giorgio is going to be the one leading it, but he's a I think he's a good actor, and uh, I really did like his character. Colbert did get brought back through the cocoon, whatever the hell it is. Yep. <laughs> that was really right. a cool reveal. Could have done without the butt shot, but that's okay. Uh, I get it. Uh, it's like it's like Terminator style. How he came came right. came back, and uh, yeah. So they were. It just ended the episode with you know they're scanning him, making sure he's okay. And Pike and Leland make up basically because earlier on the show they were kind of just dissing each other's career pattern. <laughs> and Admiral Cornwell made an appearance, basically told him to get along. And Pike might not like thirty one, but they are necessary and. All this other stuff. So that was, um, yeah, that was a really solid episode. It got me really excited. And, um, you know, I've had a few of those moments this season, which is great. And, you know, I enjoyed the first season. I enjoy all the episodes. I I really do. I just thought the direction, everything was just great in this episode. It was just, it's my favorite of the season so far. I don't know if you agree or if there's another episode you liked better. So I like the uh, Eden episode yeah. the John Jonathan Frakes. Yeah, that was good. As well yeah, as well as the most recent one with Saru and his planet. Yes, which we'll of course get into that our last episode, The Sound of Thunder. Saru, he has no fear anymore since the uh asparagus came out, whatever you call it. Um <laughs> <laughs> and he's kind of a dick. I at at first I was like, you know, I don't think I I, I was kinda on board with this new Saru, but then I was like He's kind of challenging a lot, you know, and I'm like, I'm not liking this. <laughs> he's just kind of like, I'm yeah, free, I motherfucker. And... Either. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's just giving Pike shit. And I know it was because of his dealing with his planet, but still it's like, damn, Saru, back off. 
And then Tyler was on Pike's ass too. And I'm like, whoa, okay, okay. I don't want this. <laughs> yeah, it shows Pike's um, ability to stay very stoic and, yes. and reserved because, you know, Kirk would have thrown one of those guys in the brig. Yeah. Yeah, Pike really handled it well, I thought. I really like Pike. And I know it's not as serious as Jeffrey Hunter's Pike. I like this Pike. I think he just does a great job. And yeah, I think definitely commanded well and he made Tyler you know stay on the bridge and shit and yeah he was just not messing around <laughs> yeah Tyler was just mm-hmm. I don't know I hope I hope they back off that that's gonna get really annoying you know uh, right. Tyler being like I'll run shit and like no you will not nope get your ass off the ship Saru yeah that was um you know he was passionate you know he was uh his planet basically he wanted to could never go back to it. That was the deal. He contacted Starfleet, and uh, spoiler, that is one of the short treks. So, yeah, you should definitely check those out. We'll have to maybe talk about those next time before we get into the latest episodes. We get to go back to his planet. Apparently, uh, one of the the signal brings in there, right? Yeah, they get it. That's why mm-hmm. they're there. So that's the only reason why he was yep. able to come back, because it dealt with this big mission, this mystery. And there was a planetary threat, basically. Uh, They visited his sister. She thought he was dead. And, uh, yeah, he tried to tell her the truth. Like, hey, we were told this is all wrong. We we don't die. We actually evolve and not fear anything. Right. And so this, uh, this other being from their world basically uh, kills them. That's, I think that's how it usually mm-hmm. goes down. They sacrifice themselves to it. They have these weird structures like around the planet, and you know. Yeah, pylons they call them. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what were your thoughts on that whole concept? I thought it was um, number one th- their technology versus what you know uh, Saru's race has is just obviously all, all you think of is that they're dark and sinister and. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when when we had the reveal, that was very interesting. But it was, I, I, I thought it was an interesting way to just show a complete domination of a race. Mm-hmm. Um, it really made it it made the um, oh boy, what are they called? The ba uh, barus? I don't know. Uh, I think it's the baul. They uh, it it makes them seem very foreboding and very intimidating but uh mm-hmm. you know this is when, when saru and and burnham beam down that's when i really started getting into the episode a lot and, mm-hmm. and i just thought you know this is a it has that old trek feeling yeah. um you know going to a foreign planet and and kind of doing their thing and and it was just i don't know i i really started to enjoy the the program at that point Saru is basically talking back to that that race, and they're not having it. You know, they actually they threaten the, the discovery, and uh, you know, Saru gets uh, back down. Basically, they want Saru. That's the deal, I guess. Yeah. They want Saru, and so they intercept Saru. I think he was trying to. He beamed. He went to go beam down to the planet, and Burnham was almost yeah. ready to phase him, and she let him go. So yeah, he yeah, he played the uh, sibling card. Yes, he did. He did, which you know is understandable because she's all alone and um, he's so desperate to tell his whole species the truth. And you know they were all lied to, and there's more to their life. It doesn't end here. And so while they're in that vessel of the um, the enemy, kills them, eats them. I don't know what they do, but turns out that uh, this enemy concocted this plan to keep them from what their ancestors did to them keep them from evolving basically past the Baharai so or Bahari or whatever they call it yeah yeah because they they used to kill them you know they used to mm-hmm. be yeah so I understand that the fear there and I think discovery they try to make a deal saying hey we want to help you you know let's just all get along here and it didn't want really any any part and so Saru had discovery send uh, send a signal that that spear sent to the whole planet and so his whole species basically went through that, that sickness and they yep. all evolved at first when that happened i thought oh no 
maybe he was wrong and they actually all end up dying. That would have been really dark. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, he was the exception. And so, <laughs> yep. yeah, uh, what did you think about the whole plan and how they how they did that? I thought it was awesome. So they, one thing that I didn't like was the fools. I had to turn on the caption to understand what the hell they were saying. <laughs> yeah. That was a little hard to stomach. Um, the look of them, too, was creepy. <laughs> yeah. The look was amazing. Yeah, it was. It was really terrifying. Yeah, that was really awesome. Props to the uh, whoever designed that, that creature. That was that was pretty sweet. But, yeah, uh, it looked like the creature out of the goo that uh, killed Tasha, Tasha Yar, you know, yeah, and consumed that's right. Riker. Yeah. That's what I thought when it was emerging. What were your thoughts on the whole episode? Uh, was it one of your favorites? or? You know, it, it turned out to be one of my favorites, even though I still have some nitpicks with it. it, yeah. it number one, I'm just a huge Saru fan. So, I mean, getting to see him, you know, play various emotional sides of, of him in that episode was just a lot of fun. The Red Angel, you know, we got to see the Red Angel a lot closer. And, what, and, and so the question I have going out of the episode is, why, why did the Red Angel have the humans intervene before and actually have the solutions to the problem but then this time the red angel basically helped solve the problem intervened a lot more than he had in the past if it is a he i'm assuming it's a he so the red angel you know in, in the previous episodes kind of guided people to the solution whereas this time he was a primary part of the solution and and so then you know then i'm left wondering i hope that's not a weird plot hole or i hope it's not lazy uh writing but again every time i think that we see something later on down where it, it helps reveal you know so you know i mean why why waste time bringing everyone there to begin with if yeah he could have the ready if the red angel could have just solved the problem by himself right right yeah yeah that's um that's my fear is like is this gonna really be a cool reveal you know is it gonna be satisfying i hope so <laughs> yeah um yeah we definitely are getting closer to what it is apparently it's always been in spock's life he had visions of it as a child and so it'd be really interesting to see what this thing is you know maybe it's benjamin cisco yeah you know, he came out of the wormhole. And <laughs> That'd be sweet. <laughs> they brought Avery Brooks back. End, so, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I don't That's know if you can bring him back in any type of uh, form. <laughs> He's kind of yeah, out there no, anymore. So. But, yeah, yeah, someone photoshopped uh, Janeway's face on it. <laughs> so... Also, of course, we Colber, you know, he's still getting looked over and they're still trying to figure out, you know, how he's feeling and he's uh, still adapting, basically. Something's wrong. Everyone's, I think, a little too quick to make him feel like everything's normal and fine again, but the dude's going to have some insane PTSD for a long time. Hopefully it doesn't end like you think it will, where, you know, they just... Uh, he just dies again. <laughs> I don't. I right hope or that something bad. I mean, yeah. yeah. Let him go through. His, let him go through these motions, and then you know, get a little bit back more towards the status quo. I mean, him and Stamets. Um, you know, I thought they were an interesting. They have a great chemistry and interesting dynamic, and and I'd hate for that to be lost. Yeah, I agree. And you know, I was thinking, well, he he's been reminded how he you know he wanted to be a healer. You know, that's why he became a doctor, and I kind of made me mm -hmm. think. What if he's a red angel? <laughs> you know, he's trying <laughs> right? to heal. Yeah, that'd be interesting. I don't know. It's going to, oh, man. I just get nervous, you know, because it's like, this is such a big thing. And, oh, is it going to pay off? You know, that's that's the fear. Right. But so far, so Maybe good. Maybe Ray's parents are the red angel. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, Harrison Ford. He, yeah. Uh, <laughs> he's back. Uh, <laughs> so he'll die then at the end. I got it. Yeah. Or it's my Luke. That's my Luke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my Luke ruined my whole childhood. <laughs> We're caught up now, of course, and uh, this is recorded on a Thursday, February 28th. We're going to have a new episode out tonight, which we'll have to cover next time. We will be back sooner, and uh, I'm loving it. You know, I'm looking forward to every um, every week, and of course, you can watch it anytime once it drops. Yeah, uh, I usually catch it the day it comes out. I really can't wait, even if I'm up late and i'm like ah, oh, i shouldn't you know 
I end up watching yeah, it. Yeah, I've caught them all pretty regularly. This was the last episode that I saw just yesterday. So, I mean, it took me a few days to yeah. be able to catch, but... It's it's funny, you know, with television in general, primetime television, like I couldn't tell you what time anything's on anymore, but I know uh, every Thursday they're going to drop a new episode of Discovery, and so <laughs> I'm there. Yeah, but, definitely. Yeah, I'm enjoying it, and uh, yeah. So any closing thoughts before we go? No, I just remember I read online a theory of um, Prime Lorca being the Red Angel. Oh, that would be crazy. Wow. From the Prime Universe. So, yeah, I mean, that would, that I mean, crazy. yeah, they said he's dead, but there's enough leeway, and it was kind of vague. So, yeah. you know, they had a few other theories out there, you know, future Spock, future Burnham, future Pike, you know, just, they seemed a little bit more um, out there. Yeah. Um, but the Prime Lorca theory could be interesting. But then again, though, too, why, why is Spock that delivery vehicle? Yeah, there's a lot of mystery to solve. Yeah. There's a lot of mystery to solve. So, I mean, uh, while I think Prime Lorca would be a cool thing, it's just why? What's the motivation behind using Spock uh, back in the past? So, I don't know. Maybe it's Cybok. A lot to to figure out. (laughs) Yeah. It's Cybok. Oh, God. We did it. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, you know. They made Cybok relevant. They should bring him in. I don't know how they can do it, but, man, that's just opportunity, but... Oh, it's tough. Uh, who the hell is going to be it? And uh, are you? I picture uh, Cybok and Jar Jar Binks in a uh, cross <laughs> uh, universe situation. <laughs> oh gosh, they took over a village or something. Right. Oh god, yeah, that's a that's a movie we don't need, and William Shatner <laughs> will direct. Yeah, yikes. Um, uh, you know, there's been a lot of complaints about Burnham herself. Like, she's perfect she's too perfect you know uh kind of uh, made the series around her in a way you know to be a centralized character do you do you agree with that do you uh, do you think that they should wean off of her and make her kind of just uh, kind of like what orange is the new black did it started out with a main character and then this just kind of started following other characters uh, what are your thoughts on yeah, all that it became more of an ensemble mm-hmm. i like the ensemble piece i like that she's the central focus but um it's not just all about her like it was in the first season for the most part yeah um i have no problem with that i as far as her being too perfect i i don't know they really ran her through the ringer i mean that's let, true let her have some success and and yeah. build her back up and um you know there's only so much of beating the crap out of one character that i want to <laughs> see and yeah that's all he did last season so, yeah i mean I, I have no problem with her kind of getting a rebound if you will it'll be interesting to see what season three brings of course what the rest of the season will bring <laughs> before we get there. A lot of fun. Great to talk about. I'm excited we finally got together and did it. <laughs> Sorry for uh, anyone who likes the show, and we, we've been a little out. We're back. So you, you got a We're good back. hour and change of more uh, content. So <laughs> put that in your pipe and smoke yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with that said, we'll be back, of course. Everyone out there, live long and prosper. I'm Josh. I'm Steve. Two to beam up.